2022, how would you? I think I would just describe it as indescribable. It's been a year more full of uncertainty and chaos than any that have come before. I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity during this Advent season to stop and reflect on the hope, love, joy, and peace that was brought into our world when Emmanuel, God with us, came and pitched his tent among us. So we're gonna interrupt our All the Things conversations just for a few weeks to focus on the four Sundays of Advent and talk about hope, love, joy, and peace and what it can mean to us right now in this cultural moment. We hope that you enjoy these conversations and they help you be re-centered on the true meaning of this season. God bless. Hi, everybody. It's Rebecca from the Gather Influence podcast, and I'm very excited today to be meeting with not only a great friend of mine who I've known most of my life, but my sister-in-law, Lori Donor-Jones. And we're here for the fourth week of our four-part Advent series, and today we're going to be talking about the topic of peace. Two weeks before Christmas, and we're going to be talking to you about peace. So I'm just going to introduce Lori and let her tell her a little bit about herself. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. Um, I'm Lori Donor-Jones. As Rebecca said, we are also uh, business partners. We're both realtors, and um, I lead women's ministry at Springville Church, located in Stouffville, and uh, teach Bible study there. Actually, Lori speaks so so simply of herself, but she does so much more than that. She just finished help writing a curriculum for her Bible study. She is a brilliant uh, Bible teacher and speaker, and she offers the world a lot more than she just suggested in her couple of seconds. So we are very thankful to have her here with us and sharing her gifts and her knowledge that I know uh, God has really put on her and in her um, and we're thankful that she's here with us. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. I, I definitely like your your introduction better than mine. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Okay, so peace. Here we are talking about, we've already gone over uh, joy and hope and love, and now we're talking about peace. So what what in your mind when sort of the world, like our culture talks about peace, what comes to mind? Well, you know what? I think it's really weird that you would ask me to talk about peace um, I always find that God always puts these weird, these weird assignments in front of me where I get to talk about things that I struggle with because I don't actually think I'm a very peaceful person. Um, so what, what do I think about peace? Well, I, I think that peace is pretty elusive in our culture right now. I think that there's, there's a real problem with people feeling any sense of, of peace. Uh, and I think it's, it's just because we're all striving and we're all constantly seeking some kind of contentment that, that just seems out of our reach. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that it is, it's something that is really almost an epidemic, right? Is the idea that there hmm. seems to be this like increasing number of people who just feel unsettled, uh, unsettled in life, not, not without maybe a specific, reason or thing there's just something that's not with them i often think that we also act as though like in culture that if you're a peaceful person like everything is good in life mm -hmm. right like everything like if life is peaceful it means that like i have nothing else to do but like sit on my couch with my feet up and drink a cup of tea and then i know i've achieved peace because 
things are slow and still, but I don't know that that is actually like the epitome of achieving peace. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts? No, I think that's true, but I think we also we also struggle with that in our culture too is having time for rest. I think that mm -hmm. that is something that that again is a little bit out of our reach, um, especially for women. They often have careers, they have family, they have their ministry work, their church volunteer work, all the things that just pile up and we actually find the idea of rest or Sabbath just kind of a little bit out of our reach as well, which becomes, which contributes to that chaos of our lives, right? Running around and mm -hmm. constantly trying to do more and to be more and to live up to all the expectations that people have of us. And all of that contributes to us not really accomplishing mm -hmm. peace, just a, just a peace, a mm -hmm. quietness of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like we're on this big hamster wheel of life, yes, right? And we're just sure. going and going and going and then wondering why we don't feel this sort of stillness inside. Because I think we can achieve a place where we feel a sense of calmness and centeredness inside, even when things around us are swirling. But I don't think many people kind mm -hmm. of do. But you did talk about that slowing down that rest, that Sabbath. So, I mean, scripture does tell us that peace is a fruit of the spirit, and I think we both know from past conversations that, um, you know, often how we, we strive for that fruit and to be fruitful is to abide, mm -hmm. right, is to spend time. So how, how does that look then if we're saying, okay, the world's version of world doesn't really do a good job of giving us peace, right? And we can strive for all the things that we think will make it better. Um, but it's not. So we know that that source is actually a fruit of the spirit. So how do we, how do we do that? How do we abide? Well, therein lies the challenge, doesn't it? I think that, uh, you know, when, when we're in a relationship with Jesus, I think that, you know, in Ephesians, it says that it doesn't, it doesn't say that Jesus brings peace. It says that Jesus is our peace. Mm -hmm. So I, I think when we live a surrendered life, and have a relationship with Christ, the peace is there because we know that we're not alone and that we walk with him and that we're indwelled by the spirit and that we can trust in that. I wrote down a quote that our pastor gave us on the weekend from Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary in China. And he wrote, um, it was, I mean, several, several, several years ago, I am no longer anxious about anything as I realize that he is able to carry out his will for me. It doesn't matter where he places me or how, that is for him to consider, not me. Mm. So I think when we're surrendered to Christ and we know that whatever situation that we're in, that we sit in it with Christ and that nothing, there is no power that, that anyone has over us that God has not allowed that brings us peace that even in the bad times, even in the struggles, even in the chaos, that if we're in that place, that that has been allowed by God, you know, Jesus, when he faces Pilate just before he's crucified and Pilate says, you know, why, why are you not talking to me? Because I am, I have the ability to save you or to crucify you. And Jesus says, you would have no power over me unless it was allowed from mm -hmm, above. Mm -hmm. And when we actually come to that realization in our lives that, there is no circumstance that we sit in that God doesn't have his hand on, that he is sovereign, that there is a peace in that, that regardless of what happens, even if our situation isn't good today, whatever we're sitting in has been allowed by God and he has a purpose to it. 
that that's a hard pill to swallow. I think it's a difficult thing to accept, but I think it gives us peace to know that we walk, we walk with him through it. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think you talked about a bunch of things there that, that they're truth. They're things that are truth. But I think sometimes as Christians, we can act as though if we know something is true, then it should just be easy for mm. us. Right. But you talked about living a surrendered life. Right. And, you know, that is a lifelong journey. And, and the more I read about, you know, different, different aspects of God, different aspects of the kingdom, the more I realize that although the work is completed, although all of the work is completed, we're still in the process of it because God lives outside of our time, right? So we still feel like we're in process. We know, we know that it's completed, but we still are kind of in the process. And that can be a messy. Now, but not yet. Yeah, yes. the now and not yet, right? And, you know, you see that even when it talks, um, like in Second Corinthians about reconciliation, right? Like it talks about us being reconciled and yet invited into the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's all of these nuances where the work is complete. Like the victory is complete. It is done. And yet we still get to be in the process of it. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, part of that peace. Like there is, he is the Prince of Peace. Like we talk about at Christmas, him arriving mm -hmm. as the Prince of Peace. And so that is like, he has it, but we get to be in the process of that. And that can be a bit painful and a bit messy and hard for us. And I think a lot of the things you talked about are difficult for us because they're really realizing it's not actually about us, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have control. And so for me, that's not a super happy place to be like, I have to let go of control of this because when I feel my life becoming disrupted, my natural inclination is to problem solve it. Like I will problem oh, solve sure. it. I will bring peace to this. I will fix this. Uh, you know, I'm a fixer. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's, I think most women, are, you know, 80% of us have that nature to want to fix everything and to want to control it. And I think that, that part of having peace is about um, accepting that we do not control everything mm. and that God is sovereign and that there are going to be some moments, in, a lot of moments in life where we have to accept that it's, it's not, it's not going to look perfect, right? You know, like mm. Paul calls himself an ambassador in chains, right? Mm. He describes himself as a prisoner, um, mm. a prisoner for Jesus mm. and, and to Jesus and, you know, there is a process there, right? There is a process of accepting that that our will as Christians, as Christ followers, is not our own anymore. Mm. That that we we're subscribing to a different will, and sometimes sitting in that and having peace with that is that's a challenge for me. I think that's a big challenge for me is accepting that it's not about me and it's not about what I want. And sometimes we're going to suffer through loss and grief and hardship that seems unbearable. And that's, that's a difficult thing for, for Christians to accept when they see people that are sick, people that are suffering, people that are going through difficult times and marriages that are difficult and relationships and struggles. And, and it's just, um, it's hard to find a place where you can say, okay, this is, this is God's will for now. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think, and I think that sometimes we also, again, in, in that release is that accepting, we just don't always get to know. And so I mm -hmm. used to always say, you know, there are just things I don't get to know the side of heaven. And then I kind of expanded that God kind of wrestled that out with me. And I realized, cause before I was like, Oh, like when I get up there, I'm going to get all my answers. 
And then I realized that actually the truth is there's just things I don't get to know this side of heaven and on the other side, I won't care. Mm. And that's, that's, that's an interesting revelation, right? Mm -hmm. Is that all the things that we think we need to know, there'll be a time where we realize we didn't ever really need to know them. We just, yeah. we feel like that. And I think about the story of Mary and Martha, right? And I think about there's this, this, this moment where he talks to Martha, Jesus talks to Martha and he says, Martha, Martha, you are mm -hmm. troubled about many things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how many of us could hear God right now whispering to us, hey, like you are troubled mm. about many things. And then he reminds her that what Mary has chosen is better. And Mary didn't have an answer. She wasn't mm. fixing anything. She was receiving. Mm. She was sitting at the feet, receiving teaching, receiving peace. And so maybe part of I think something else women are not necessarily naturally always inclined to do is how do we just receive mm. Yeah. Receive. yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm a total Martha. Uh, yeah. I, I often reference that story and cause I, I definitely identify with Martha. I am definitely the one who's sitting there saying, Hey, why am I doing all the work? And she's getting to do the fun stuff. <laughs> I'm definitely a Martha. I can see that on a regular basis, but you know, one thing about that story is that there's something that really stuck out to me at one point. I had written a devotional about that, where it says about Mary, that she has uh, found which is better and it will not be taken from mm. her. And, and you know, when I, when I wrote the devotional on that story, I was trying to convey that how often do I give up my peace? Mm. How often do I give up on my own accord, on my own will, I give up that, which is so important, right? To just sit at the feet of Jesus and I'm all worried about doing the work. And, um, you know, one of the things that, I often come back to, as I heard a quote at Springville years ago that said, God doesn't want good workers. He wants good worshipers. And I always fall into that category of being the good worker, about mm. doing all the stuff that Martha does and, and doing all of that. And really, um, there is a, there's almost like an art, almost a surrender in the idea of being the good worshiper, mm. right? Being great at that where you can just stop what you're doing and find a peaceful place to just mm -hmm. be in worship. You know, one of the, the women that I have most respect for, she gets up every morning at four, mm -hmm. four in the morning and she prays for that two early. hours. Yeah. I don't know how she does it, but she's been doing it for years and years and years. But she also has such a, such a wonderful personality of peace to her. You can see that on mm -hmm. her. You can see that in her face. Whereas, you know, my face always looks clenched. You know, when I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror, or you know what, when you're like looking down at your iPad and it kind of goes black or something, and you know, when you're looking down at it, you can see your wrinkly, the worst moments. Yeah, you can see your like wrinkly face where you're all like clenched up and, and your face looks like it's all like, like a wrinkled apple doll, like and you're all clenched and, and you think, oh, I just look like, yeah, I just look like I'm on edge all the time. And, and you can just see that in her face, the peace and the contentment and the rest and the relaxation but she every morning she feeds herself mm. with time with with jesus mm. and when you ask her something she always says you know let me talk to jesus about that and i'll get back to you <laughs> and and just the peace of the fact that that she walks every day and mm. she gets up in the morning and makes time mm. to do that every mm. single day and every single day it's a priority for her and uh and you can see that that's, you can see that manifested in her face and in her, her demeanor and how she handles people and how she handles every situation and every request. There's a, 
there's a mm. like a, just a calmness about it yeah I love that and that's what I think we all we want right and then we look at it and it's quite countercultural, mm. right like I think culture teaches us you're rewarded by activity, like the mm. level of activity For you sure. do. You do more, you're better. You're more involved, be you're better. Yeah. Don't be lazy. Don't be idle. Like, be productive, you know, and there'll be a return. And I think that, again, this is just, but we're not meant to be of, of this world, right? And it, one of the things you said made me wonder, you know, if we are indwelt, when we, when we start to follow Jesus, if we're indwelt with the Spirit, is it possible, and I have asked myself this, that it's not that I can't achieve peace, it's that I make decisions in my life that destroy the peace I already have, mm -hmm. right? Like I think if we operate from a position of recognizing I already have that given to me, it is something that it is already done. The Prince of Peace has come. He is in my life. The peace is available to me in full. I'm not actually seeking it. It's yeah. right there. And am I making active decisions in my day and my life? that actually just destroy that peace. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, as I said, it says Jesus is our peace. Mm -hmm. So if you have him in your life, you already have it. You know, it, it is the now, but not yet, like mm -hmm. we talked about, right? It's, you already have peace. It's about how much are we self-sabotaging, mm -hmm. which is what we do all the time, right? We self-sabotage. And mm -hmm. I mean, we, we already have, we're already coming from a place of victory. We already have everything we need. And yet we're a striving culture, right? Yeah. I need to have more. I need to be more successful. I need to, yeah. I mean, certainly you and I are both sales reps, right? And um, so much of, of being a person in sales is um, striving and, you know. More, I, better, bigger. Uh, right. No, I mean, I always thought that probably one of my best characteristics is I wasn't content mm -hmm. as a growing salesperson. Interesting. Before I went into real estate, you know, I was a print sales rep and you know, I always found that that was probably my best characteristic was that I was never content. And feeding that, feeding that lack of contentment mm. made me a stronger hmm. salesperson. It made me stronger at my job. It made me strive for greatness in that. And yet it is counter to my peace hmm. and counter to me pursuing a relationship with God. Hmm. If I'm constantly striving and constantly saying, I need to sell more, I need to make more, I need to be more successful. I need to beat that other person. I need to do this instead of just saying, you know, I think that's one thing that I, that I think in the last, certainly as you and I have, have uh, built on our ministry, I think that's been a challenge for us to accept that that might, that might take its toll on success in a worldly yeah. Concept, sure. right? How do you pursue, how do you be the best or the top 3% or 2% if you're spending 10 to 20 hours a week that you could be spending on your business in ministry? In ministry? Yeah. Um, or just being with Jesus, just studying. Just, uh, right. Just, just getting up at 4 time. in the morning and praying. Just right? getting up at 4 p.m. I mean, there has to be as we, and I think that's a challenge for us as Christians and as women to try to say, okay, this is my priority is to focus on Jesus mm. this many hours of the day or this many minutes of the day and everything else can wait. Yeah. Well, and I've said that before. I've said, how often do we determine, even when we're trying to problem solve and why we don't have peace, do we say, well, I'm going to just at the, you know, whatever time I have left over in my day, I'll give to God, right? Like mm. whatever, I'm going to do all the things I quote unquote have to do. Mm. And then whatever is left, I'll give to God. And I said, what if we actually mm. in our calendars, and I've said this before, like when, you know, I love a good color coded calendar, probably more <laughs> than anybody who knows yes, me, you, you know do. that. Yes. 
what if we, and often what I found myself doing was I'd put in all my kids' activities, then I'd put in all my meetings, and I put in, and then I'd be like, oh, and I can maybe go to this Bible study. I could squeeze that in, and I'd be squeezing Jesus into my mm. calendar. But I wonder what my peace would look like if I actually just oh, yeah. blocked time off with him first in the same way that something else like a doctor's appointment is non-negotiable to be yeah. like, this time here is non-negotiable. This is my non-negotiable time because it's what gives me peace. And that's mm -hmm. what I need to do everything else in my life. Mm -hmm. The other thing I've been thinking about in terms of our conversation is, so then how do we as, as believers, as Christian women, as leaders in our community, in our homes and our churches and our ministries, how do we then be examples of peace to the people around us. <laughs> well, when you figure that out, <laughs> you let me know. Um, wow, she just threw that one at me. Um, how do we be examples? I, I think it, you know, when I look at the women in my life who have made a big contribution, they have that. Mm. They have that thing, right? That thing that you look at them. And you go, wow, she has something different about her. And it's that elusive quality that, like the woman I talked about who gets up at four in the morning, mm. she has a piece. And I, I think the piece is, is really that characteristic that they have, that they have this calmness about them, this serenity that, um, that to be honest, I don't have. And um, sometimes I think, you know, I... I knew these two ladies in one of the first Bible studies that I went to, and I remember going up to them at the end of one session, and I just told them how much they meant to me, and just mm. watching them, and watching how they interacted with other people, and watching how they worshipped, and watching this glowing mm -hmm, quality mm -hmm. about them, the way they just kind of floated around the room, and they just had this this thing about them that I could never quite define. And and I remember them like putting their arms around mm -hmm. me and, and like looking at each other with this like knowing look and saying, Laura, you have no idea how much prayer it took mm -hmm. to get us here. Mm -hmm. And they just had this knowing look about each other and that they had spent all these years in, in prayer and worship mm -hmm. together and studying the Bible. And and I think if you're asking me how to be an example, I would say that those are the two things that we need to focus on, being in God's word and mm -hmm. on a regular basis and being in constant prayer. And when we build up those muscles in our spiritual discipline and our spiritual lives, that's how we abide mm -hmm. in Christ. That's how we start to show um, examples to other people. And that's how we manifest mm -hmm. fruit in our lives. And it, it doesn't, I don't think it happens right away. I, I think that most people also don't look at themselves and say, uh, you know, I have it all together and I look like amazing to some other woman. I think most of us say we never have it all quite together. But it's those women who are, you know, maybe just a little bit behind us who are looking at us saying, she's got something mm -hmm. that I don't have. You know, and I don't think I'll ever feel like that. Let me tell you this quick story. I, I met with another woman who I used to go to Bible study with and as you know, I'm a, I'm a Bible study derailer. I'm a person who distracts and, and asks a lot of questions and things. And um, I went to her Bible study and um, she finally came to me and said, I think you need to read the book we read last term because maybe you're far behind. And she gave me the book and I went home and I read it right away and went back to her the next week and said, okay, I'm ready to discuss it. And um, she, she laughed at me and tried to answer all my questions. I went and had coffee with her and she tried to answer all my questions. And finally, she just gave me like a little card 
And I have this card, I'm pulling it out of my phone right now. And what it had it said on it was declaration, the substance of God's love and peace overwhelms people wherever I go. And I carry this card around with me and I, I looked at her when she gave it to me and, and I said to her, this does not describe me, it describes you, but it doesn't describe me. And she said, sometimes you need to speak it over yourself. Mm. Um, and she quoted from, I believe it was Romans 4.11, I could have that wrong. Um, and it says, you know, God calls, um, calls things that are dead as though they're not mm. and calls things into being. And she said, sometimes you need to believe it and just speak it over yourself mm. until it is true. Mm-hmm. And you just need to believe it. Because, and then it goes back to that same thing we're talking about of now, but not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you've already come from, you are that. God's love and peace does overwhelm people wherever you go. Maybe not today. Maybe it doesn't mm. look like that today to you. But we need to speak that over ourselves and keep living that. And mm-hmm. eventually other people see that because it's his job to show it right. to them. Right. No, I agree. I agree with all the things that you said. I think that there are, those are the real spiritual things. And, and no matter what else we do, if we're not doing those things, we're going to, we're going to find ourselves in a heap of trouble. But I think there's also some very practical things, right? I know that there are certain things in my life. Okay. So like, what are the peace derailers in your life? So like mm. for me, a big peace derailer is like unexpected changes And so I'm usually, I am a good problem solver. I usually land where God needs me, which is to let go. But there's this like transition period from where like what I had planned to happen and what is happening where it's not like a real happy place for me. Mm, So mm -hmm. for me trying to avoid things like that, there are certain people in my life that are peace. Do you have people in your life? Yeah, I was going to say definitely people, definitely people. We talked about this yesterday in our small group and that was an overwhelming that there are certain people for us that are just peace trailers. So I always say like surrounding myself with people who will feed my peace as opposed to drain my peace as much as possible, I think is, is helpful. And I think for me also just like when it comes to peace, so I, I had to learn, I think God really taught me. I used to think I was pretty good at being a peacemaker. I thought I was pretty good at like keeping the peace and adjusting the peace. And I realized that I, w- I think I was, but for all the wrong reasons. So I just dislike conflict. It is a very, very unhappy place for me. I don't like tension. I don't like conflict. And so I've become very, very good at even proactively like trying to soften things from happening. But I realized it wasn't because I wanted to show the world Jesus. It wasn't because I wanted them to see his peace Mm. in me. It was because I didn't want to be uncomfortable. And so I think that for me too, like not like being grounded in people who will remind me of my why, Mm. why do we, why do we seek peace? Mm -hmm. Is it just because we're, we don't like being on the hamster wheel? right? Because that's probably not a good enough reason. Then we're just tired, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we realize that the purpose of all of this, the purpose of really, I guess, all that we do is to bring glory to God, then that changes our responsibility in making life choices that sometimes would be hard. Like for us, maybe that means like not taking a client, Mm -hmm. right? right? Maybe it means you know, not taking a job promotion or something that's been offered to you because you realize that the price of that mm-hmm. is going to be your peace. And I think then that, that shows people like, not only do we have it, but we're actually like, it's, it's in our decision-making, not because of us, but because we want people to see mm-hmm. that God has something better than what the world has. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. No, for sure. I, I think for me also, one of the things that derails me is my, my, uh, propensity to get angry 
Mm. Um, you know, it's like a, an instant response, right? Um, if someone doesn't, if someone hurts me, if someone doesn't do what I expected them to, or don't live up to my expectations, I, I feel like I'm a bit quick to be angry and mm-hmm. to respond. And, and I think that's what God's been working with me, mm. uh, with me uh, lately is to delay my response and to recognize that I may not see the whole picture mm. and, um, and to maybe have just lower expectations in general and to just worry about my side of things and not, not, uh, not be so concerned. Because I think that I, I think it's easy for me to just be angry, not just about people, but about circumstances too, mm-hmm. about, about that something didn't go my way or that I'm, I'm grieving something or feeling some unforgiveness. And that, that is definitely a problem in terms of finding peace. That actually is is a brilliant answer though, right? And that's something that, let's be honest, like you and I have talked about this. We, we, there are conversations that some people don't like to have because we like to pretend like we just like have it, like you said, like as a Christian person, if you're a Christian person and you love Jesus, then you can't possibly be struggling with any of these big yeah. things. But the truth is everyone is, yeah. everyone is. And they are the things that steal our peace. They are the things that eat away at us, those the, the, the things like you mentioned, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, sorrow, like things that we allow ourselves to kind of be swallowed in until mm-hmm. we feel like we're drowning, mm-hmm. right? And But I think that goes back to what you said, which is the prayer and the being in God's word, because those are the things that keep us grounded in those seasons. And I think it's, but it is also a journey, right? Like we For did sure. say, this is this is the not yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I do ask, like what... I said this to my daughter recently because she's trying to re- re- sort of wrestle out some questions and she really wants like A plus B to equal C. Mm. And A plus B sometimes equals C and sometimes it equals many other things, right? And mm. she just sort of wants that, like, how does this look as a Christian? And, you know, I think sometimes that's just not our experience. Like, how do we achieve peace? Well, I think that will look different. I love the verse that says we've been talking in sermon about like peace like a river, mm. right? Well, sometimes the river is like, calm and still and then you have like rapids and then you have like bends and turns and twists you know and so I think the thing is is that it doesn't always look the same but we're on we're even though we have it available to us I guess the peace that God offers us is always the same this is sort of what our pastor was talking about but our experience of it is different so I think we also need to not think that because I'm having a bad day or a bad moment or I'm feeling unsettled or I'm wrestling through something that I've just lost the peace, right? I just maybe have lost my focus. Yeah. And I think it's hard when you're watching people who are struggling through a health issue mm. um, or who have lost a loved one. And, you know, that's, that's a struggle. That's a struggle. And it's not something that's pleasant. And it's hard to, you know, as, as Christians, we have to be careful how we respond to them too. We can't just say, oh, you know, you have peace in God. Yeah, you know, you've lost, you've lost your husband, and you know he's dead now, and you're all alone, and you're feeling horrible, and oh, just you know, <laughs> be peaceful, be yeah. grateful. Like you know, as Christians, I think we need to be sensitive about that too, and and to recognize when, when we see our sisters and our brothers in Christ that are suffering, that we share in their suffering, and mm. that we have sympathy for it, and that we we understand that. It's a process, right? Well, and I think that, you know, you bring up a good point. I love that verse. I mourn with those who mourn, Mm. right? And I don't know that we, I think we rejoice with those who rejoice well, but I don't know that we always mourn with those who mourn. I think, again, we kind of want to fix people, right? So we say things that are like well-meaning, 
right? Like we, we, yeah, we think they're, they're helpful, so but they're, yeah, yeah, but they're not actually helpful. So I think you're right. I think that finding that peace, it is, it's, it's a process, but it's also, I think in culture, we've a little bit forgot that we can hold two realities at the same time, right? Yeah. We can grieve sure. and experience joy. Mm. We can feel like we're on the hamster wheel and have a peace. Yeah. And so I don't think it's always about stop feeling that way and feel peace. It's like find the peace in the pain. And I don't think that's something we explore enough, mm-hmm. right? We just think you're one or the other, yeah. right? You're yes, one or the absolutely. other. Um, and, and actually, interestingly, someone said yesterday about all of this conversation, they said, well, and sometimes if they do seem to have peace, people think they don't care. Yeah. Right. It's like, if you care enough about something, it should like make you like anxious. You should be like a little bit stressed about it if it matters to you. So I think it's, it's all finding the balance of all those things. And I don't think we have those conversations. We just are like, well, no, if you, if you have Jesus in your life, you won't feel this way. You'll feel this way. Well, maybe you'll feel both, Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe you'll feel full of grief, Mm -hmm. but have some hope, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you'll feel both. I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, that is our fourth podcast in our four-part Advent series on um, hope, joy, love, and now peace. I know that we certainly have not given you all the answers, but I think that what we have established is that we do have a peace that surpasses understanding. So our lack of understanding on this topic, good news, Lori, our lack of understanding (laughs) on this topic is covered. Um, we have a piece available to us that does surpass understanding and that it is a, it is a difficult conversation because we don't always have the answers, but we do know where those answers can be found. Those answers can be found sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, learning, praying, being in his word, surrounding ourselves with those who are maybe one or two or 20 steps ahead of us. Um, because, you know, I say he's always given us the gift of himself, but he also has given us the gift of each other. And so I think that at least, if nothing else, we hope that this podcast gives you some encouragement of maybe where to start the journey um, and your search of peace that's maybe somewhere a little bit more beneficial than what this world might offer. And so we hope that this Christmas season, as this uh, podcast wraps up and our series wraps up, that you are able to find and seek and experience maybe in a new way or maybe for the first time, the true joy, love, hope, and peace that is offered by Christ as he came on Christmas all those years ago. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this special Advent podcast series on hope, love, joy, and peace. We're so looking forward to 2023, and we hope that you can join us as we continue in our series, All the Things, Amazing Conversations with Extraordinary Women. And also we're looking forward to gathering together in Calgary for Gather Rise Genesis and hope that you have February 4th on your calendar. Take care during this Advent season. We're thinking of you and we do hope that you experience the hope, love, joy, and peace of the season. God bless.